You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Jaguar fans? On Cinco de Mayo, it is Wednesday, hump day, that's right. And it's time for me to bring you a Wednesday edition of Locked On Jaguars. Before I do that, I got to let you know that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering it. All the latest news, insight on every game team and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast those are my boys man so make sure you check them out y'all gotta check me out today too man because i'm gonna play a lawyer i'm not really one but i'm gonna act like one because i'm gonna advocate for a certain pick and it's travis Etienne. i'm gonna advocate for this pick as if i'm a lawyer now it's not that i'm a huge uh fan of every single thing that the jaguars did it's, i don't have to be at this point i'm neutral I'm giving this new franchise a chance to do and explain every single thing that they want to do and explain until they start getting it wrong. And that's when I'll uh, come in and go, nope, this is what you said. This is what you said. You said this, you said that. I'm not going to sit here and nitpick and not give them guys or give those guys an opportunity to get what, uh, to at least do it right. Because all I did was ask for the other regime to be gone for a couple of years, probably five, the last five years and ask for uh, something new and something fresh. When I get something new and something fresh, I'm not going to sit here. And while those guys are trying to get the job or trying to do their job, sit here and totally nitpick. I only nitpick when they admit that they screwed up. Like they admitted after day one that they probably took the wrong approach in the way that they approached free agency with thinking that they were going to be able to recruit people when that's not the way it works. You recruit people by offering them money, especially guys that have been in the league. They feel like their tape is, is you don't need to talk. You just need to watch my tape. And do you want some of that or don't you want it? They'll put the money on the table. That's it, because that's what other people are going to do. They admit that they made that mistake. I thought that that was approach. That approach was a little bit naive, and it turns out that it was. So that's the stuff that I'll critique. Um so we're going to go over that in segment one, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to go through systematically or systemically some of the things that I'm hearing, not just locally, but nationally, about the Travis Etienne pick. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to basically give a closing argument, and I'm going to ask you, does it make sense? And then what I'm going to do is incorporate some things that I've done. I reached out to one or two of my partners in the industry, and I pretty much asked them how it goes as opposed to how do we think it goes. Now, they had different things to say. One guy told me it goes one way, which is what I thought. And the other guy said, no, it doesn't really quite work that way. And I'll explain the differences in that too and why I believe um, that we ought to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. So first, let's do this. Let's go back to free agency. Well, one of the things in free agency Urban Meyer said that he wanted to do, and I want to take time to drop clips in here because you all have heard the clips. So you got to either take my word for it or just don't take my word for it. But it ain't like I'm going to sit here and lie to you. So Urban Meyer said they wanted to be more explosive on offense, right? Rumor has it that one of the people that they went after on offense was one of his former players, 
that played for him up at Ohio State, who's a hybrid running black running back slash receiver, right? Who played at Carolina, who ended up going back to signing with his old coach in D.C. Curtis Samuel. So Curtis Samuel played running back at Ohio State, played slot receiver in Carolina, uh, and then he goes to D.C. So you think that if they were in on Curtis Samuel, and one of the things we said about Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is a guy who would give them someone who's familiar with Urban Meyer, someone who could play slot receiver, someone who could play running back, and he was extremely fast. He was a 4-3 guy who was extremely fast, would give them some pop in the passing game, correct? And he was that little bit of a hybrid guy that could do both things. He could take a few carries off of the running back, and he could play in the slot. Right. So they didn't get him. He went and played with Marty Herney, the guy that drafted him, and Ron Rivera, the guy that coached him when he got drafted in Carolina. He's gone to Washington, which for the life of me, it doesn't really make sense that he went there. But he still went there anyway. Now, the Jaguars still didn't address that. They ended up signing Philip Dorsett and uh, Marvin Jones Jr. So they get into the draft. And who's the most like Curtis Samuel? And I know a lot of people were like, well, they had LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault can do those things, those Curtis Samuel type things. He could line up in the backfield. He could do all of these things. So it didn't make sense that they were going to get a guy like that. Well, they had LaVisca Chenault when they were going to do a thing like that with Curtis Samuel anyway, right? And they still had LaVisca Chenault, which means to tell you they either wanted two of them or they weren't going to use LaVisca Chenault in that area. So if they were going to get a guy like Curtis Samuel, it only makes sense that they were going to get a guy just like that in the draft. They just decided to take Travis Etienne. And Urban Meyer also said the guy that got away was a guy who used to be a quarterback, who's also taking direct snaps, uh, Kadarius Toney, who played wide receiver, who was also an offensive weapon. So he's a guy that got away. That either means they were going to take Kadarius Toney, they were going to consider Kadarius Toney or Etienne, or that if both of them were still, still sitting there at 29, they would take one or the other, or that if both of them were still sitting there at 29, it would increase the value of another position because they would feel like, okay, we got to pick at 33. Both of them are still on the board. Maybe we can touch something else. Or looking at the teams behind us, we, we don't think both of them are going to be missing or both of them are going to be gone. And then there's this other kid named Moore who's not quite like them. So it well by one of them leaving – now it makes that position thin on this board, so now we got to do something. So it may have made them a little bit desperate to go and grab their guy. So in any event, whether you like ETN or not is, 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 is a whole other argument. But most of the chatter that I'm hearing is, why take him at 25? That's what I'm going to get to next. So you shouldn't be surprised that they took him because they were looking for a guy just like that. His skill set determines that he was worthy to be taken because even if they had taken Kadarius Tony, who most of you saw as a wide receiver who could play a little bit of running back as opposed to a running back who could play a little bit of wide receiver, none of y'all would have had a problem with it. But you say, how would you take a guy? How are you going to take a guy that's not going to be a full-time starter at 25? If you take Kadarius Tony at 25, do you think he's going to start in front of Chenault, Chark, or Marvin Jones? No, he's not. If you take an offensive lineman at 25, do you necessarily think that he's going to beat out Jawan Taylor, who also was a second-round pick, or beat out the guy that you just gave a franchise tag to? No, he's a probably a future starter or a guy that provides competition, right? If you take Christian Barmore, who no one else in the NFL thought was worth the top 40 pick, 
And by the way, you need to congratulate the Jaguars for not taking someone at 25 who no one else in the league thought was worth a top 40 pick uh, instead of uh, being angry that they didn't take them because they, did, they didn't match your big board or your mock draft. Um, do you think that he would necessarily – he didn't even start 50% of the snaps. He only started 50% of the snaps at Alabama, which is a low – for any defensive tackle that had been drafted from Alabama in the first or second round in years. So, at 19, 20 years old, you think he's going to start and come in here and take a grown man's job day one in the NFL? Uh, no, he's not. Uh, that's the reason why he went where he went. So, uh, Trayvon Moore, who you also need to be thanking your team for not taking the guy at 25 who no one in the NFL value as the 25th overall pick. You should be saying, well, at least my guys got it right. But more or less, everyone's saying they got it wrong just because they didn't do what you wanted them to do. So this, this, this is harsh. This is a harsh reality. They didn't, they didn't get it wrong. The whole league, nobody in the league thought those guys were worth number 25. The only people that did were you guys. And sometimes even me. But you can't get upset when, when it doesn't match up. Like I said, there were only 32 real boards. 32. And it wasn't one of ours. And it's no big deal. I'm going to get more into this in a second here on Locked on Jaguars. And I'm going to explain some more things to you why you shouldn't be so upset. Because we're caught up in first round, second round. I'm going to tell you two reasons when those things matter. And not one of them matters when it's time to draft players on draft night according to people that I talk to. And I'll tell you that here in just a second on Locked on Jaguars. After I tell you guys about Nugenics, because Nugenics, Jaguar fans, you need to listen up, is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and it's offering complimentary bottles to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total-T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape. Absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total-T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad says, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. And that's because it works. I got to tell you guys something. Hey, man, you need to listen to me. It's about 1010. You know we've been talking about 1010. That's T-E-N-T-E-N. Mother's Day is on its way, and there's a special, special thing and a special offer for you right here, so I want you to listen up. We know that this episode is brought to you by 1010, and it is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. 
There's a perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. That's T-E-N-B-Y-T-E-N. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked out these and I'm blown away by the beautiful simple ring from Lola Finehurst. When I looked at these, Michelle Fantasy's beautiful ring stood out as one of the most uh, beautiful things I've ever seen and I'd get it as a gift. It's a conversation piece so unique and cool. And if you're on the hunt for a perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 that's T-E-N-B-Y-T-E-N, only at BlueNile.com. All righty here, man, on a Wednesday, happy Cinco de Mayo, hump day for all of us every week. Cinco de Mayo isn't every week, but hump day is every week, so happy hump day. Your man T-Wig here on Locked on Jaguars, bringing you all the best Jaguars coverage we can on a weekly basis, in a daily basis, actually. So we're still talking draft. We're trying to uh, narrow this stuff down and, and, and get everybody on the same page and understand it. We're all trying to agree with everything all the time. You know, you don't have to have the same opinion about players. Some people like uh, ETN as, as the 25th pick. Some people don't. A lot of the national people, uh, when they give draft grades, that's the first thing that they bring up. And it's always about picking a running back in the in the first round. It's always about the first round. It's always about the first round. It's not necessarily about the player and his talent. So that's what I want to really get into. It's not about the player and his talent, but it's about where he was picked. And it's the first round, the first round, the first round. And that's from a bunch of guys that ought to know what I'm about to tell you. Now, the two guys I talked to, talk to they kind of differ on this, but – the more I spoke with one of them, he kind of came around to the same reason. Let me show you where the round matters. The round matters in two ways. One, because of the fifth-year option, right? Um, if you pick a guy in the first round, after, after his fourth year, you can uh, do the fifth-year option, which most of you guys saw in the last couple of days. Teams had the option of uh, 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 keeping a guy for his fifth-year option, accepting his fifth-year option. Therefore, you had him under contract for another year. And you didn't have to start negotiating with him earlier um, if he if he if he's kind of outplayed his contract, when you have a guy from the second round, that guy usually has a four year deal, and if you're going to do him early, you do it after year three, and that's when if they're a really good player, they start rumbling after year three. That you need to get something done, man. I want to get re-signed early. That's the whole Yannick and Gakwe thing that started happening here. Yannick said, "Look, I, I've kind of outplayed this thing. I want you to go ahead and re-sign me early, get it done. It didn't get done, and it got kind of got ugly or whatever." And then the franchise tag came after the fourth season. And, you know, it, the rest is all history, yada, yada, yada. But generally what happens is um, that is a determination. And that's where sometimes the whole positional value deal comes in. Because if a guy is a little bit of a developmental player or he's at that position where there's a lot of longevity, many times what teams will do is they'll draft a guy at that position late in the first round um, to make sure that they keep him with that fifth-year option, a la an offensive lineman, uh, as opposed to a guy uh, like a running back that normally has a shorter shelf life. They won't – if they're going to get a guy like that, they'll, give him, they'll get him in the top of the second round as opposed to the first because, one, you get a chance to pay him less money in the slot, a little bit of less money. Then the other thing is it's not as necessary to get a guy like that under a fifth-year option because their shelf life isn't as long – 
So you don't necessarily need to delay uh, having him under that first contract. And then he's going to play more quickly. The other guy you might need in development. It's also a place where you get a developmental quarterback like a Jordan Love because of the fifth-round option when you anticipate, and I know it's a mess in Green Bay right now, but you anticipate that your quarterback has a little bit of while to go, but you want to keep a guy around long enough that you don't have to pay him a, a lot of money early because you still want him on this rookie deal, and you might not even be playing him early at all in this first three years or so because you want him to develop a little bit. So it gives you the time to be able to do that to see what you have. So that's why that is important. The other reason – the rounds are important, and there's two more. One is because in between rounds, teams have a chance to regroup, and I'll show you what I mean. So after the draft is over the first day, you know, and there's 15 minutes, uh, there's 10 minutes per pick per round, the next day it's going to speed up, and that's when round two and three happen. So the picks are coming in faster. It's like every five minutes. So you don't have as much time to think. But now you have to go and reshuffle and fix your board because there may be some guys that got picked that were in your second round. And now you have to go in and reprioritize. So teams will spend the night between the first day and the second day regrouping and reshuffling and coming up with a strategy because now they're going to move a lot faster. Then in day three, it's going to move even quicker. So that's where it, so it's not as much as rounds it is days. It's day one, then day two, and then day three. Everything moves really, really fast, so therefore the scouts become real important in day two and day three and those scouting reports. Day one is easy. Day one is easy because, one, it's easy scouting. Two, it's the names at the top of the list. Three, there's less movement going around and there's less shuffling. And four, it's not as, it's not as fast-paced. So in that room, it's easier. The decisions are harder because you're talking about guys that you're making bigger investments, but the rounds – Deter all of that different movement and those moving parts are, are that's where the rounds matter. Here's where the rounds also matter is because when you're making trades, when you're trading picks to move up and down, or when you're making uh, you're making trades and you're going to include picks from rounds in the future, you don't know the number of the pick because you haven't played the season yet. So, for instance, when the Jaguars made a trade with the Rams and they got a first, they got two first-round picks in future drafts, they had no idea that the two first-round picks were number 20 in 2019 and number 25 in 2021 because they might have not have chosen. That doesn't sound sexy. But when you say two first-round picks in 20 and 21, that sounds better. But if you say pick number 20, well, you don't know what those picks are because the Rams didn't know what their record was going to be. So they were gambling, and the Jaguars were gambling that the Rams' record was, was gonna, wasn't going to be that good, and they were hoping that it would be worse. So that's where the number is important. And that part of it is the part where I want to tell you why this doesn't make sense. Because if those teams trade those picks before they know what those numbers are, that to me explains why on draft night, you shouldn't worry about where a player went and what number it was. I mean, what round it is, but you should focus on what number it was. Instead of worrying about the fact that Travis Etienne was the was a first-round pick, he you should be focusing on is that he went 25th. 
because the bottom line is you wouldn't be angry if he was 33rd. So there's no reason to be angry because he was 25th. They wanted him. They felt they couldn't get him at 33. So they took him at 25 because if they didn't take him at 25, they would have been praying he would have gotten to 33 and somebody would have taken him at 31 and they wouldn't have had the player that they wanted. So the bottom line is this. It's not that he was a first round pick. It's just that he went number 25. That's the way that they look at it. Once the, if it doesn't involve a trade and if it doesn't involve a future draft pick where you don't know the number and if it doesn't involve the fifth year option, once they get it out of those top 10, top 12 picks, they don't look at rounds. And if it doesn't involve whether it's day one or day two or day three, they look at the board and the board represents a numbered pick. It does not it does not represent what round the player is picked. It represents their the ranking of the player. Number 25, number 28, number 37, number 101, number 56, number 62. That's that's the number that they're concerned with. They're not concerned with first, second, or third round unless they're using it for positional value purposes to determine fifth-year option or they're, they're talking about a future pick that they don't have a number attached to it already. So by you guys being so stuck on the fact that he was a first-round pick, you're doing it wrong. You're worried about something that they're not even concerned with. They're saying we were at number 25 and this is what we needed. And he was our best player available at that position. You're stuck on he was a first round pick. They're saying he was number 25 and he wasn't going to be there at 33. That's it. So all of this constant, I don't like picking running backs in the first round. Just say you don't like picking running backs in the top 30. That sounds better because that's what they're worried about and what they're concerned with. They're not worried about whether he was a first-round pick or not. To them, they had the 25th pick in whatever round, in a roundless draft. They had the 25th selection in a roundless draft, and he was there, and he provided an element that they had been searching for since they missed out on Curtis Samuel in free agency, and that's what they wanted to add for this team. And to them... Christian Barmore, Trayvon Merrick, and Rondell Moore, and Pat Freermuth was not worth it. Period. That's it. It doesn't get any, it doesn't get any more self-explanatory than that. We can talk about these formulas all we want to. We're going to pick running backs in the first round. How about this? Don't pick, don't pick running backs in the top 30. There you go. Because to them, to the guys that actually make the choices, first, the rounds don't matter. It's the pick. It's where he's taken based on where we have him ranked and the value. He was, he was number 25. And if, and if somehow the Rams record would have ended up better, he would have been number 28. That's all they care about. And they don't think he would have been there at number 33. That's it. Period, point blank, end of discussion. I really would have liked it if, if they would have taken him at 25 and then taken Merrick at 33 and then somehow gotten Barmore at 45. I wonder if everyone still would have been upset. It's just that I'm seeing these narratives that really don't make sense. And the people that like do this for real, they're not really concerned with rounds as much as they're concerned with the number. Like this is who this is where he was slotted. I can't help. It's almost like they can't help the round the pick was in. This is where he goes. That's it. And I don't know, man, it's just this thing's is taking on a life of its own. And I don't think anybody's going to care when that kid's running up and down the field scoring touchdowns. I mean, who's going to give a damn about whether he was a first round? 
Okay, the guy that's picked 32nd is a first-round pick. The guy that's picked 33rd isn't. Are we still going to be saying that? It's one freaking pick later. I just don't get it. I really don't. I'll try to, though. I'll do the best I can, and I'll do it here on Locked on Jaguars. I'm going to hit the third segment here in just a second, man, and I'm going to talk about a little bit of this depth chart and who I think might make it. I saw John Shipley put out a depth chart. I discussed it a little bit yesterday. I really like what Ship did. I got a few things that I'll say a little bit different. There's a couple of guys that I can't imagine, no matter how hard I try. It sounds like an R&B song that I'm thinking about making, but no matter how hard I try, there's a couple of guys that I cannot see how they're going to fit into this team. I really don't, based on the way that they say they want to play. And I'll let you know who that is in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars on the Cinco de Mayo hump day. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week had tons of fun. This past week did. The NFL draft was all weekend, along with the run for the Roses in Lexington with the Kentucky Derby. I almost pulled it off, but I didn't. I had the second-place horse. I had him coming. Well, I had the winner coming in second place, not first. But I got close enough and bet online was uh, how I did it. Get all the latest news and odds on all your info and sporting needs, including baseball, NBA, NHL, and any UFC MMA action that may happen. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code, which is locked on. One word, locked on. Bet online is your sports book. Online experts, put your mind and your money together. Get paid and fat in those pockets. And the only place you can do that, the only place you should be doing it, is bet online. All right, man, I got something to tell you about Built Bar. Now, check this out. It's, been a, little, it's a little different now. You got to listen. Listen, listen, listen. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Now, listen, nine plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their, phase and if, their favorites. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, where you're missing out. Now, listen, this is something new. It's coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, Mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and my personal favorite, which is salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Know what my favorite flavor is. You just heard me say it. It's salted caramel. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's right. Uh, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 Calories, only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. A couple of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories with just five grams of sugar and five grams of carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Now, check this out. Don't know where to get mom for Mother's Day? Well, most moms I know love Built Bar. Send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite for at least a while until you get her the next box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
dot com. All right, man. So you need to listen to the Locked On Today podcast with my man, Peter Bukowski. Peter brings you the Locked On Today podcast every single day. And you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Now, I'm going to tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get 20 minutes straight shot of espresso in your ear where Peter brings you all the top stories of the day from around the world of sports by using all of the local experts for every single story. So make sure you subscribe to that podcast wherever you get your podcast. Now, listen, I'm not telling y'all Travis ATN is going to be the next coming of Al Kamar. I'm not telling you guys how you should feel about prospects. I'm not even telling you guys that you shouldn't, you know, still feel the way that you feel about the Jaguars draft. All I was doing was making an argument for why they did what they did um, and, and, and attempting to, to sort of use maybe the words and the feelings of some of these writers against them and, and, and why um, these teams uh, sort of do things and think outside of the box in the way that they think outside of the box. When you say that you shouldn't draft a guy who's not going to be a starter at 25, I think you should draft a guy who's going to give an impact wherever you pick him, especially at 25. And uh, who says he's not going to be a starter? Just because you don't name him a starter doesn't mean he can't come take somebody's lunch money. Just because – um, even if he doesn't start, doesn't mean that he's not going to make a tremendous impact on your football team. And then you say, well, you can get a guy like that later. Yeah, but you can't get him later. That's the, that's, that's the thing with the whole you can get a guy. You're not going to get him later. And anybody else that you picked at 25 outside of a couple of positions, they weren't going to start on this football team because they signed 13 guys in free agency. And um, the Jaguars have a lot of starters everywhere. And this thing about, well, you have to draft a certain way when you're 1-15. Yeah, you know how you have to draft when you're 1-15? you got to take the best player available. Just like if you're 15-1, and one, you got to take the best player available. When you're 1-15, you have to take the best player available. The only time you draft differently is when you don't have a quarterback. So if you draft Trevor Lawrence, you have to draft just like you have uh, Patrick Mahomes. You have to draft the exact same way. I'm sorry. Because with, with Trevor Lawrence, you haven't won yet. But you have the thing that's going to help you win. So, you know, you got two ways of looking at it. You got an orange tree on one side of the street that's been there for two years and it's full of oranges. And then you got an orange tree that's been there for six months and it's growing because you planted it not too long ago. And there's not one orange on that tree. Right. So when you ask me what side of the tree, what side of the street is the orange tree on? I'm going to say both. And, you, and there's going to be somebody that says no. No, it's not. There's the orange tree right there. I'll go, why? He said, because I see oranges on it. And I say, yeah, so you know what those oranges represent? Championships. So go over there and pick your oranges. He's a champion, right? So I'll go over here and I'll stand on this side and I'll say, he's a champion too. And you're going to say, no, he's not. The second he grows an orange, you're going to say, now he's a champion. I'll say, no, he always has been a champion. You just hadn't seen it yet. But now that you see the orange, you're going to call, call him a champion. I'm going to say he was a champion before the orange was manifested because if he wasn't a champion, the orange would have never grown in the first place. So my thing is this. You have to treat Trevor Lawrence and Tom Brady exactly the same. If you don't, you can't wait until they're great to put things around them that's going to enhance them to be on top of the podium. They have to be treated the exact same way. Draft the best possible players that you can. You, you're going to be a loser as long as you keep treating yourself like one. 
As long as you keep acting like a 1-15 and 15 team and say we have to draft like a 1. What do you mean when you say we have to draft like we're 1-15? I, I just want to know. What, 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 what does that mean? If a 1-15 doesn't take the best possible player that they can and another team does, how do you ever expect it to catch that team? I'm just curious. You can answer me on the next episode, all right? Because whatever, and I ain't going to hear you because whatever answer you, you give me ain't going to make no sense. But until then, you guys have a happy Cinco de Mayo. You guys take care of each other. And uh, please, uh, let's, let's get our mindset right, man, and let's start trying to win. And let's be positive until they give us something to not be positive about. And then trust me, I'll leave, I will be on the front of the train and, and, and we'll go down there and we'll tell them how bad they're doing. You know, I ain't got no problem with it. I've been doing it for 10 years. But right now, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, man. Take a Tylenol for that loser's headache that you had. And let's not blame them for all the things that have been going on here in the past. Until then, tomorrow, this is your man Tony Wiggins with Locked on Jaguars. Take care.